this week in Patreon. It's all about women who rock and made a change in the music world. Coming up Friday in Patreon, we have Janice Ian. But today, I have a rock and roll warrior in the house. I mean, come on. Tina Turner recorded nine of her songs. She, To me, she's the wonder woman of rock and roll. I mean, look at the songs. Tina Turner, You Got Heart, Pat Benatar, Aerosmith's Kiss, Patty Smythe, John Wade, Rod Stewart, Bon Jovi. It's a lot. It's a lot. A lot of name dropping. But you know what? She's a warrior. Check this out right here, everybody. All right, everybody. You'll be able to order her book. Links are in our description down below. It is everywhere, but I'm going to welcome the beautiful Miss Holly Knight to the studio. Welcome, Holly, right here. Welcome, hon. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Okay. How are you? Oh, I'm doing really good here. You are a rock and roll warrior because you are, you're beautiful, you're great, you're talented, and you write the best songs. And I feel like I know you from even yeah. listening to you speaking that's you speaking on the on the book is, is that your voice yeah i did i narrated you. the entire book mm -hmm. now, i gotta ask you how long does that take to do something like that it, it really only took three and a half days which surprised me um but i guess we were doing well enough that uh we didn't have to stop and redo a ton of stuff you know i mean we did a certain amount yeah uh, yeah but yeah Mm -hmm. No stuttering? Like, I would be stuttering. I'm from Brooklyn. I... Uh, no, I stammered and stuttered and spittled and, and all that stuff. But, you know, it sounded it out. You um, sounded, but you sounded so professional, like, so, like, well-spoken, you know? I was like, wow. She... Really? Yeah, that's why I was, I'm like, is she really from New York? You, like, sound like a sweat hog if I read. Yeah, hmm. I know. I was surprised because I can't even listen. I can't listen to my own voice, you know? Really? Yeah. It's really hard for me to listen. Um, but I had a director who directed me. So um, the feedback came from him, you know, or if I mispronounced a word, um, like, you know, the word A-L-B-E-I-T, and I thought it was albite. Yeah, yeah. It's albeit. Oh, so, really? Really? Yeah. There's certain words that I don't even want, I don't even try to say, especially when I'm on the show live. I, I don't, um, I won't even say it. Yeah. I won't even say it. I, I'll skip over it. I'll find another word that's real simple. Like, you know, I see Joe run, 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 run. But anyway, your book is incredible. And there's a lot of great stories. And when I'm reading, well, listening to it, because I wanted to go through, I had you on my Peloton. I had you in my bedroom. I had you everywhere in the house. So it was a lot of fun spending time with you. But <laughs> or, originally, you would try just to be a rock and roller, like just play music, put a, get into a band. And the, and then you got into songwriting, which wasn't even in your world. You weren't even thinking about being a songwriter, huh, in the beginning. Well, I wouldn't go as far as to say it wasn't in my world because, you know, uh, writing is a part of very much, you, know, you either have to be a musician or a lyricist or something anyway. So, yeah. Um, and I was very much a musician. Um, you know, I started piano when I was four and I took classical piano for 10 years and yeah. it was my first language. And then I discovered rock music and the louder, the better. That's uh, sort of when I took a right turn. It was either right or left, but either way, it was music. And I always loved music. So, um, but yeah, no, I hadn't really, it was not, it, in my mind, I wanted to be a, a musician in a band and be a rock star. I didn't know that writing was a separate thing that you could do, you know? Yeah, it's a whole nother world. But you know what, in the end, in the book, because it, it it says there's a part in the book where, you know, being a songwriter, it's just more powerful. And it's so true as 
when we're younger, we want to be on stage and we want all the, the lights mm. and the glitz and glamour. But when you, we get older, it is more cool to be the person behind because it's like it, publishing, first of all. But the whole thing is like you're writing the song, but there was something you were you said when you, Tina Turner did your song and you in the book you were talking about just like she made it her own. But it's like mm-hmm. you could be in, in a store, you could be somewhere. And these aren't your exact words, but people right. don't know that's you doing it. It's like, you know, me, I'd want to shout and go, hey, that that's me. I wrote that. You I did that once and it did was like, it was totally cringeworthy um, because it was with um, John Mayer. And he was living, he had moved into my neighborhood and he was in the store and I thought, Oh my God, I would give anything to write with him or at least meet him, you know? Mm-hmm. And I went up to him and I told him who I was and he kind of looked at me like he thought I was full of shit or something or yeah. was unimpressed. Um, but that's the only time I've done it. So John, so wait a second. So you're a John Mayer fan? Yeah. You think he's good looking? Um, yeah, I think he's, uh, yeah, I do. Okay. But he does make ugly faces sometimes. He does. I actually like him because I love his voice and I love his musicianship. And um, I, you know, I just thought writing with him would be the coolest thing ever, you know. You know, I could actually interest him romantically because he's got the worst reputation anyway. He's like the Warren Beatty, but he has great hair. He's good. Can I tell you a secret that you won't share with anybody? You want to sleep with him? We're kind of related. Oh, yeah? How? Okay. What's the six degrees of separation? Me and him are the same uncle for the same kid. Okay. Yeah, my sister is married to his older brother, Carl. Oh. Yeah, John. Well, John. This, this, yeah, we're both uncles to That's my sister, cool. Shira. Her name is Mayor now. And I'm going to send this video to, to Carl. No, <laughs> no, but Carl is great. He's my brother-in-law. Have you met him? Yeah, we all went Thanksgiving, spent Thanksgiving together. Like, yeah. So we'll see. You learn something every day. Not only I know Vinnie Poncia, me and me and Mayor are an uncle. One's one's loaded and has nice watches, and one is you know has a laptop and makes a show and it bugs people like you to come on. <laughs> <laughs> I made you laugh again. I'm winning. It's getting there. We're getting there. Okay, but okay. So let's go back. Okay, so John Mayer. So when he did, did at the end of the conversation with John, did he like realize? Oh, wow, nice to meet no, you. No, he was like totally unimpressed. Really? Yeah. I'm going to fix his wagon and fix this situation. Okay? Maybe he just thought I was making it up or maybe he's like so young. He doesn't know the songs, which I find hard to believe. Come on. Or maybe he was just, just didn't want to be bothered at that moment. Probably Holly, Holly everybody, probably... everybody knows the songs. Come on. You better be good to me. Everybody knows love is a battlefield. Prescott from from the Knack. So he's the one that introduced you to Mike Chapman. Well, no, he did, but he didn't say it was Mike Chapman. He just said, this is Mike. And he didn't know that I was sort of going all, trying to figure out how to get in touch with him because I thought that he would be a great producer for my band Spider. Um, And one of the reasons was also because he was a great songwriter and he was just having number ones, like left and right. He did all the Blondie stuff. And, yeah. you know, he did Nick Gilder's Hot Child in the City. And then he did My Sharon and, you know, on and on. So, um, and so then as he walked away, uh, Prescott said he, he, he produced our record. 
And then I just went, what? This is, you mean, you mean that was Mike Chapman? And that's, yeah, so um, he did introduce uh, us. That's wild. I know. I that that introduction really changed your whole world in, in a crazy way, right? Because you Absolutely. and Mike, yeah, you guys did a, like a lot of great stuff together. We did, and he was um, my mentor. You know, really, um, rather than going to like a school for songwriting, which I don't yeah. think uh, you can get the same sort of benefits in a schoolroom as you can with someone that's making number one records. Um, I mean, I had the goods. And I think I was blessed because he recognized that, you know, and he wasn't a chauvinist about it. He, he worked with a lot of women and um, gave me a leg up when, you know, during that time, it was hard to just sort of bust down any doors to get, you know, but I was already signed to his record label and um, we had written a song together uh, after he signed us, but that was all after I'm getting ahead of myself. That was all after we met him that night. At yeah. yeah, that was it. Was that wait, wait, it? Was that tracks you said? Uh -huh. Yeah, the club tracks. Yeah, York. yeah. So all you people out there, links will be in the description right there. My crazy life writing the hits and rocking the MTV eighties. It was a crazy awesome. life, but but it was crazy. Yeah. So, but it was crazy in a sort of fun. It was. It was fun. I, I can't say innocent because it wasn't very innocent, but it, it, it was in a way compared to. The world that we live in now, you know. You're on mass section, right? You're over there and you're not the Holly Knight that you are today. You know, you're, you're out there and now you're in the studio. Kiss is the legendary band. They want to keep the morale going on. That Yeah, I'm not even like known as a songwriter. Yeah. Like, they haven't written for anybody else. And that's what, what I was going to say was so cool about them was that even though you would almost assume because they were so legendary about the way they treated women and, you know, um, but the, the women, it was all pretty much consensual with them. It's like everybody was throwing themselves at them to, to yeah. be with them. Um, they, they didn't have like a chauvinist attitude. Like they needed keyboards. They saw me. I mean, they knew I, how I played. They'd all seen me play and, and um, cause we had the same manager and it's, you know, we kept, and they knew about Anton and everything. Um, and I don't think they needed, like, even if I hadn't been a really good player, they, they, they didn't need that much. They just needed, like, coloring. You know, they didn't need virtuoso playing. So he invited me in. And then after I played on the first song, which I didn't even know they were recording it um, at that point. I was just listening and messing around. And, and Gene uh, had a little powwow with them and then called me into the control room and asked me if I could play on the rest of the record, like, so what are you doing today? Because we love what you did. And we've decided we want this whole record to have keyboards. We want that to be sort of one of the themes so that we can do something different, you know? So um, I thought it was just very cool. I mean, they didn't know it at the time, nor do I think they would have cared. The fact that I just did what they wanted me to do, um, as far as I gave them what they were looking for. I wasn't trying to show off or anything because I am actually really good, but that's not what this was about. Um, it was just very validating and very kind of them to ask me, you know, to, to play on the record. I don't think they've ever had another woman play on, on a Kiss record. I don't even know if they have to this day, to be honest, you know. No, maybe maybe like singing back about Gene's solo records and stuff like that, but I don't it's think not he's as, a musician. Not as, not as a musician. Yeah, exactly. not as a musician. 
So um, I just thought that was very, very generous and, and cool of them. And they got what they what they needed, you know. Um, and I talk about that in the book, that, that that was just very cool. Yeah, no, very cool. The first, and you mentioned it was, and if I'm wrong, it was Shandy. Was that the first one they had you play? Yeah. Uh -huh. Which is one of my, fav my favorite songs. Shandy, tonight, you know, I like the Vinnie Poncia era with, with, with Kiss because Vinnie comes from that old school. He, it, It's a different sound mm -hmm. for Kiss. Oh, totally. And I, and you know what? I think... I think it made sense because, like you said, it, Vinny was a different kind of producer. He wasn't Bob Ezra, you know. I'm sure, like, a lot of people loved it, and I think just as many people probably hated it, you know. Yeah. Because, you know. I know. Rock and roll, you know. But, um, but you got to grow. you got to grow, and you go through your, as a band, and even the Beals, everybody goes through a different sound period. Nobody stays the same as she loves you. They change people, you know. You can't right. always be rock and roll all night and party every day. Exactly. Right? exactly. And some people don't like that, though. They don't want... They don't want change, you know? So they took the makeup off and they were like, okay, I think we better go back to the makeup because the fans want the makeup, you know? Better with the makeup on. You, they, they yeah. Different people, you it's, know? They're like, it, yeah. it's like, it's like I say with, with Gene, it was sort of like, you know, when he was talking about the cheesecake, when we went out to that deli late at night, I said, well, even superheroes have to watch their waistline <laughs> to fit into their superhero costumes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> It was the it was the the deli. What deli was it? The um, the, the, um, uh, Carnegie? No, not Carnegie. Oh, the other one. I think it was. It's not there anymore. It, the the stage deli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got strawberry and cheesecake. He didn't get the pastrami. He didn't get cornbread. He went right for the cheesecake, the dessert. You know, not even the rainbow cookies. Just the cheesecake, strawberries. Yeah. That's great. Well, they're two. They're also Gene and Pollard, the two nice Jewish guys in the in the band. Oh yeah. I said, oh. I said that. Um, oh, my father, when he found out that I was dating Paul, um, he thought he didn't know anything about Kiss, and he started to, you know, investigate and um, thought they were uh, like I had fallen in with like a satanic cult. <laughs> <laughs> and then he found out when I was so when I started dating Paul, he, you know, he that's what he thought. And I said he's Jewish, Dan. And all of a sudden he was okay. You know? you know, the same you know, thing with Anton. Anton was. <laughs> I mean, I'm more spiritual than religious, although I think in my DNA, I'm, it, it's just like if you're born a Jew and you're from New York, it doesn't matter where you live or what you believe in, you have that component, which I'm very proud of. And I say it in the book. Absolutely. You know, what, would you, what would you tell Holly now, Holly back then, if you could go back in time, would you give any advice or would you say anything different to the Holly then? Well, you know, it's funny you said that because there's a there's a chapter in the book where I've gone to England to work with Tina Turner and I'm lying in this bed, the bedroom in like this beautiful hotel. It was like a five star boutique that they were staying in and they flew me there. Mm -hmm. I flew over with Roger Davies. Uh, it's actually pretty funny because I flew all the way there just get get the right key to the song that I had written for Tina that was going in the Mad Max movie. And there was a time constraint. So, you know, originally Roger, her manager said, I'm going to London tomorrow. Um, he said, cause I said, we have to figure out the key because if you want me to cut it before she comes home, cause she was on tour, um, we have to figure out the key. And he said, okay, well, just make a cassette with five different versions of a, a verse and a chorus in different keys. And I said, well, that's not going to work because I had a Walkman and if the batteries were half out of juice and then she played it there and it wasn't the same exact batteries, it would have played a different speed. 
meaning it would have been a different key. Yeah. So that wasn't going to work. He says, so, well, we'll just plug it into the wall then. I said, no, no, it doesn't work like that either because the currencies are, see, so I finagled him into taking him with me, taking me with him. I didn't even have to say anything. He just said, do you have a passport? And I said, yes. He says, well, you're coming to London, pack your bags. And we left the next morning, you know. Um, and I'm trying to remember why I brought that up uh, about that. Oh, I know what it was. I was just like lying in the bedroom. This is like one of my favorite parts of the book. And I'm just thinking here, I am in this beautiful hotel room with these fret linens and I have a butler and I'm here for rock and roll. And, and I thought if I could just go back and tell my, the younger version of me who was really having a hard time when I grew up, um, in my home environment, uh, it's going to change and it's going to be so amazing. And you're going to, you're going to be making money doing music and something that you love. Um, and you're going to be successful. Um, I would never, I wish I could go tell her so that she would share up and just sort of, but you know, it doesn't work that way. You need to kind of, you need all the adversarial moments and things to really teach you. It's, you know, all the good stuff. It's just like, Ooh, this is whipped cream. It's so good. Yeah. You know, but it's the adversarial stuff that really are the most important moments in your life. So, so if I could go back and tell that person now, like this would be step two, um, what would I say? Uh, keep going. You're on the right track. It's going to, and it's going to be career. This, your career is going to be life, lifelong. It's not just a, you know, a one hit wonder drop in the pan kind of thing. It's, um, that would be nice to know. Yeah, you know, you never stop believing. Even in the stories, you any obstacles, obstacles that you ran into, or doubts that you had, or you know, people in the bands like talking behind your back, and you, you know, just when yeah. you want to go, because some people, it's it's actually very inspiring because I get into that, that space too, and when I was listening to your stories, you get into these dark spots in your life. And sometimes it's so hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but somehow you always were able to fight through it and see the light but, and make it. Well, happen. because I wrote with that tone in the book, but I can tell you that like my nickname used to be the queen of doom. Really? Because really? I could also go, go to a really dark place and just feel sorry for myself. Yeah. Like I just want to give up or, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I, I have that too, but I think that also makes up who I who I am and why, you know, my songs, the lyrical content, I, I hardly ever write a song that's like incredibly positive. You know, she's like someone, although the, this interviewer asked me why all my songs are about fighting. Um, and I talk about that in the book and, 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 and I said, well, I don't know what you're talking about. And, and he goes, well, you know, like invincible or love is a battlefield or, the warrior or <laughs> that'd be good to me. And I, and I looked and I, and I realized that he was right. And, but it wasn't about fighting with someone um, as much as fighting for something. And I had to learn that at a very young age. Yeah. I mean, the book is dedicated to anybody who's ever had a dream and was told no. And I was one of those people. Cause like, you're this, you're not this, this is who you are. And I had to sort of figure out on my own who I was. Um, I didn't like being told. I, to this day, have a problem with authority. It's like someone telling me, I, you know, who I am or can or can't do something makes me nuts. You know, 
and it makes me want to do it even more. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's my journey, you know. That was Holly Knight. Make sure you check out her book, I Am the Warrior. Links will be in the description down below. My crazy life writing the hits and rocking the MTV 80s. We'll have her come back. And if you did enjoy this episode, put your comments down below. Give us a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe and share this with somebody who loves rock and roll as much as you do. Until then, I'll catch you all later. Now get out of here, you crazy kids. Mwah.